0: Hi, this is Alex Romanovich, and welcome to Global Edge Talk. Today is Monday, December 28th. We're about to start ringing the bells for the new year, 2021, after a very difficult COVID-based 2020. Today we have an amazing guest, Michael Casey. Hello, Michael. Hi, Alex. How are you? Michael has been a guest of ours in the past, Uh, Today, we're going to talk to Michael about his new book that he just launched, uh, How to Launch a Billion-Dollar Company or a Billion-Dollar Company. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about his experience being a TED speaker. And most importantly, we're going to talk about the company that he is launching on two continents, which is an affiliate marketing-based dating platform, a very different dating platform, which Michael has recently launched in the United States and is now launching in U.K., and soon to be launched in Europe, Michael. Welcome to our studio. It's amazing to have you back. And uh, you know, I, I absolutely love uh, talking about our stories, traveling together all over the world. And uh, finally, we get to—I uh, I get to catch you uh, in this crazy 2020 year to talk about your recent experiences.
1: Thanks, Alex. It's great to be back. I, I miss—I uh, miss traveling with you in Europe. And going to all those venture conferences. But uh, this is exciting just to be back in it a little bit with you and be talking about business again. I mean, we've all been locked up for eight or nine months.
0: Absolutely. It's been a crazy year. Uh, You know, I sometimes um, don't even recall whether you and I traveled in 2020, 2019 or 2018. That's how crazy it's been. But let's talk about some of those things that I mentioned. Um, You're in Austin, Texas which is now becoming, by the way, uh, as we know from the news, a new mecca for a lot of the Silicon Valley entrepreneurs and Silicon Valley investors and maybe uh, some of the larger companies like Oracle and some of the other ones moving to Texas. Uh, So we'll talk about this topic separately, but let's first talk about your experience during this crazy year, difficult year, the year in which you are launching a platform or have been launching a platform. And let's definitely talk about your experience uh, in doing so. Tell us a few words about that.
1: Well, the platform that I'm launching is an affiliate program, which requires people to go out. <laughs> so uh, you and I, as you know, you helped me build this with your tech team in the Ukraine. And we built the largest dating platform for affiliate marketers in the world. And right before we were about to launch, COVID hit, restaurants closed, everyone said, stay home. But the beauty of what we built is we were able to pivot to where you could meet online, have mutual interests, and and what we believe is gonna happen when the vaccine takes place and, and the world opens back up, I think commerce is gonna be better than it ever has been in our lifetime. And we're positioned in this beautiful spot to send out couples that get together on our platform to all these tremendous affiliates, you know, from British Airways, all the way to, you know, Salte Pepe and and Knightsbridge in London, the beautiful Italian restaurant to, you know, O2 arena, anything you want to do, we're set up to do. And, and we're excited that the world is going to go back to normal. Eventually we're not sure when in 2021, but we know at some point, but if it, but like the guys in Austin here, we are just, we're ready to go. We're ready to travel. We're ready to get international, and restaurants are ready to start serving us again. And that's what we built. So we're we're locked and loaded. I,
0: I'm I'm certainly hopeful that uh, with the vaccine now taking place in multiple states, um, we will get over this major major hump with <laughs> um, you know the hospital uh, ICUs being loaded and so forth and so on. But let's talk a little bit about the model, right? So we are typically um, used to when we talk about dating platforms, we're typically used to platforms like Tinder and Bumble and Zeus and some of the other ones, you know, uh, dating.com, Anastasia Date, you know, and so forth. And, um, you know, the variety of different models, right? The the, typical model for dating platforms is uh, people, you know, connect uh, on apps or uh, in the community and so forth. It's a little bit more challenging right now with COVID, but your model may be a very kind of an interesting alternative to this um, uh, type of uh, quick get-together dating versus affiliate marketing-based and affiliate partner-based model that is very respectful of the relationship building. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, um, thanks, Alex. We we decided to come up with a way to slow the flow down. There's a there's a movie in America called Hitch, where Will Smith takes tells you what to do, where to go, what to say, what to wear. We don't go to that extreme, but we we use that movie as inspiration to help you after you match because all the dating apps you mentioned when we started the podcast uh, basically leave you alone. It's like you know. Bill, here's Mary. Good luck. And I thought, well, boy, I need you more after I meet her than before. So we came up with a model that that helps you after you meet her. We tell you what she likes. She knows what you like. And we'll send you to affiliates that fit into your profile. And we use, as you know, could you help me build it? We use the AI machine learning to to build your profile into the the perfect girl for the perfect guy. And um, it's a better way to date because we all need help and slow it down. You know, take the pressure off of both people and follow the eight date flow. And we based it on a study that it takes eight dates to really vet somebody. And it's kind of fun because the first couple of dates are just get together, coffee, meet, and then next day might be a coffee and dinner and a walk and when you get to five, six, seven and eight, you're having dinners at each other's houses with Hello Fresh and Blue Apron. And maybe on date seven, you're going to a and b with some of our affiliates and date, maybe day 10, you're at the Wynn in Las Vegas. You know, if you're if you're in the U.S. side of the affiliate program in the U.K., you might bounce into Ireland from London for the for the weekend. And, um, you know, the option of having separate rooms is still always there. But let's face it, if you're on eight dates with somebody, you probably have somebody pretty special.
0: I just want to make sure that our audience understands so it's not just about the girl and the guy. It could be basically anybody. dating partners, it could be anybody, right? Um,
1: anybody that wants to like somebody else is welcome on our platform.
0: How does your strategy change entering 2021 with COVID, you know, lockdown with uh, imminent lockdown with United Kingdom, um, United States, and so forth? What are your, you know, what is going to be your strategy in attracting affiliate partners? In marketing this online and marketing this through social media and so forth, how will you be approaching it in 2021? Great question.
1: What we did was we set this up even before lockdown, before we even knew COVID was coming our way. When we started building this in 18 and 19, we started to create a model where you can actually talk to somebody before you meet them before you go in person and you can meet them on video. You can meet them on phone. So you have a way and you know what she likes already. So, you know, you're not wasting your time. You have somebody that is a spin instructor, likes to do hiking, likes to maybe do outdoor biking. That's somebody. And she's cute, right? If it's a boy and a girl, you like her, but you also love what her interests are. Cause you can see them. And she also likes Paul McCartney and you want to go see him at the O2. So, you have that already, but because it's lockdown on our app, you could talk to them, get to know them better, and line up everything you want to do for when we come out. And what we found, the affiliates are coming to us now and saying we want to be on your platform because affiliates are looking for ways to get people back in their doors. And you know, God bless them all. They they the people that stayed open through this lockdown, uh, they're really going to be ready to service us, and we're, and we're going to be there for them.
0: Excellent. Um, another question I have is, uh, and that's an important one, I think, is that it's been a very interesting experience for not only attracting affiliates, but also attracting investors. I know you self-funded a lot of this company yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. It is now crowdfunded. What's uh, in the process of uh, collecting funds through crowdfunding platform in UK. And, um, um, you know, you had some angels uh, invest into the company as well. What has has been your experience in engaging with investors and what is going to be your strategy for 2021? What are you seeing in terms of the investment community, eagerness to invest, eagerness to embrace a digital platform, a digital community-based platform such as 8Dates?
1: What I found is capital is looking for a home. There's a lot of capital in the world looking for a home. They're looking for brands and they're looking for startups that have potential to be a global brand and the, the, the money that I've talked to the people that represent the money that I've spoken with are looking for slow plays, not quick in and out. And what I'm building is a global slow play platform from an investment standpoint. I'm, I'm looking at three to five year growth and building something that your capital save uh, it's methodical we have really strong partnerships and affiliates. I mean, to partner with companies like British Airways, those brands partnering with you gives you tremendous credibility for your brand because you're only as good as your partners when you when you're in business. And you have to have partners that can, that can hold you up at the beginning. And the money that's, that's come to us, and you know we, we went on we partnered with Cedars.com uh, in the UK which is one of the hottest venture capital platforms for funding a company in the world. Um, there's, there's Crowdcube and Cedars. They control 98% of the European startup capital online. And we're with, we're with one of them. And in fact, they, they're merging. So we're with the biggest and we were able to get an anchor, um, investor for 300,000 pounds to lead the investment. So we're already 85% funded on the platform. And um, what we're finding is the people that are coming on and investing in us are, are looking for a solid, slow, methodical growth company that then our exit strategy is, is probably merger acquisition with one of the global billion dollar uh, dating platforms, because we will be the first dating platform in the world that actually has a um, an affiliate program built on, it. I mean, we're a recommendation engine. We basically took Tinder and put it on top uh, of Google maps and, and open table. So we built this tremendous recommendation engine where it works. It, it even works out of the dating space, but as a dating platform, it's a, it's something that doesn't exist and the capital that we've, we've, we've spoken to you know, the guys that represent the, the big money in Europe, I mean, they're really excited about our platform and we're hoping that, um, angel investors and, and people that like crowdfunding also will, you know, go on and see what we built and get excited. Like the, like the anchor guys that put 300 in.
0: Excellent. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about a different topic. Um, so, uh you recently launched a book as well uh, called "The Billion Dollar Company" or "How to Build a Billion Dollar Company." Let's talk a little a little bit about that because you are this is your sixth or seventh company you have, you're building. I know you come from the world of sports equipment, uh, sports innovations. You're an innovator. You're uh, an inventor. You have a number of patents, and um, it's mostly was in the sports equipment side, on the hardware side and some innovation side, and all of a sudden you're building a software platform. Uh, Tell us about the difference between building a product which is more physical um, and more consumer-oriented versus a product that's also consumer-oriented but has a a pretty significant B2B portion, an affiliate portion and a a partner portion, um, and what it's like to actually do another project like that for somebody like yourself, well, so my
1: book—I—I I, I changed the title of the book. It's called "The Billion Dollar Product and Concept to Consumer." And and the concept that that the book um, covers is how to take any idea you have and and get it into somebody's hands. And for the past forty years, since I was in college, I've been making uh, products and selling them to people and i started with barbell equipment big gym equipment home gyms and you know the the big total gym stuff the, the cybex and all that and i and i turned it into uh i merged into more home fitness equipment that was smaller stuff and i brought the ab roller to market back in the 90s that did almost 2 billion in sales then i brought a couple other ab machines out that did over a billion and I, what i learned from that is how to get into 120 countries, first of all, which is very important to understand global distribution and fulfillment. And what I learned is whether it's a, and and I talk about this in the book, whether it's a shiny product on the shelf in Target, Walmart or on amazon.com, or it's in the app store, it still has to be shiny. People still have to like it. And it still has to have uh, the what's in it for me element. Why do I need this? And if, it and when, you know, the with is the, is the acronym, but what's in it for me and, and you know, what's in eight dates, eight dates is in it for a girl. What's in it. We're going to help you. We're going to coach him. We're going to coach her. We're going to coach whoever your partner is. We're going to get you through the beginning of the relationship and make sure you have a chance of making it. And in the case of my fitness products, or I have a cosmetic company I built and sold in 2003 called pure minerals and sold it to all uh, the guys at Ulta and the same thing what you know what's in it for the lady that buys that cosmetic well i made something that nobody else had made and you know i did a university study back uh in the 90s with a group of guys because we wanted to find out why people were buying our products we thought it was because of celebrities and we thought well boy i got to get bruce jenner you know i got to get you know his family kim kardashian on this in the you know recent and you know what we found out we were so surprised entrepreneurs think that the, the celebrities the star, the products a star. 67% of the reason people purchased our products was because of exclusivity. The product was a star and I and it was you can't get it anywhere else. 17% was celebrity. So then we rethought our whole marketing campaign. It's like the only time we need to bring in a celebrity is if the product just can't be a star by itself. And and so when we go to market, like with Eight Dates, you know, I had a talk with, um, there's a show, a famous show in in the US for the people in Europe. It's uh, the Real Housewives of all these different cities, New York, you know, at Orange County. And we had Bethany Frankel, uh, the Real Housewife of New York, who wanted to partner with Eight Dates. And then it all becomes like, well, is this about the Real Housewives? Is it about her? Or is Eight Dates enough to be a star on its own? And we made the decision, uh, my, my team of founders, that, you know what? Eight dates is going to be the star. We don't need to take the focus off the ball. Keep our eye on the ball. The ball is the recommendation engine. And if celebrities want to come use the platform like they do on Tinder, that's fine. But I didn't want it to be about her. I wanted it to be about the product. And in most of my fitness equipment and even in my cosmetics, I didn't use a celebrity because I came up with this formulation that was that was I felt was a celebrity. So that's that's why I, I feel like I could develop anything from A to Z now globally, as long as it's shiny. And instead of sitting in Target, it's now sitting in the app store and it looks really good, right? So when you see the advertising and you hear that it's slow dating versus fast, now I grabbed you. There's a, there's a great book from a fellow Ted Talker, uh, Seth Godin called The Purple Cow. When you're driving down the street, You don't pull over for cows, but when you see a purple one, you pull over. So how do we make our products? And this is for all your entrepreneurs that are listening. How can you be the purple cow? Why am I going to pull over and see what you have? And, And I think about my marketing for eight days. And I think about the guy dressed in the Statue of Liberty foam on the corner, flipping the arrow at tax time. He's getting you to pull in. And I picture people on Facebook in my mind, I picture them in cars and I'm trying to get them to drive into my store. I'm the guy flipping that arrow in the Statue of Liberty outfit. So it's, it's, you gotta have a reason why they want to come into your business. If you can't get them into your store. And in our case, we're digital marketers. Our case, if they don't click on that link, I can tell you one thing you're not getting is you're not getting uh, their business. So um, I learned, and then going back to the book, if you can get them to come in and buy with something exclusive that nobody else has, you have a better chance of being successful and being a me too person.
0: Excellent insights! Thank you so much for that, Michael.
1: I was a little long winded, and I apologize. No, that's but-
0: okay. That's actually a lot of great, a lot of great um, uh, gems there, and um, uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to be very interested in, in um, learning more about this. By the way, I want to tell you that. Um, our podcasts are transcribed and that means that all of the transcriptions are available in written form. Uh, Obviously, if you want to read them, uh, you can do that as well. Now, Michael, let me ask you another question. Um, Kind of an edgy topic and I'm going to ask a a sort of a sensitive question. You're 58 years old, right? That's right. um, uh, You know, when we talk about entrepreneurs – when we talk about startups and launching new products, you know typically investors are expecting to see somebody a little bit younger, somebody who is a little bit more—I um, don't want to say naive, but maybe a little bit more, a little bit less experience, I should say, right? And um, and then the investors and the legal team and marketers and salespeople love to, you know, operations people love to um teach these folks and mentor them and uh sign them up into accelerators and, and so forth and so on. But you're 58 years old and you are you're you're on your sixth or seventh or eighth product, um you know, having all the scars in the back, having all the experience and so forth. And here you are in front of an investor doing a pitch session, and right next to you could be a 25 year old, could be a 30 year old Uh, And an investor themselves could be, you know, a generation or two um, that are, you know, they're younger. How does it make you feel? How does it, you know, how do you, what do you say to somebody who is 25 years old, 30 years old and an investor or somebody who is your peer in that particular pitch session?
1: Great question. And uh, it's funny, you know, the last conference you and I were at in New York, everybody was 25 and then there's me. And I was talking to, after we got off the stage, I was talking to a, a, a woman that runs a, v, a venture capital firm. And I said, what do you think of all the pitches? She said, well, if you think we're giving a lot of money to a 25 year old dummy, you're wrong. We want to talk to you. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, great. Maybe, maybe the age helps in the world of who, you know, who's going to entrust their, their their finances on you. But what I think is I love the, the being older and doing this. And I love that these guys are 20 in the room and they're using acronyms that I have to look up because I don't know what it is, because I have something they don't have. I have this. I've been there. I've been on the street. I've been in retail. I've been in catalogs. I've been on the Internet. I've been waiting on customers. They they don't even know what waiting on a customer means. You and I do, right? We've worked retail. We've worked. I've done everything. As as the market changed, when I started in 83, I went with it. When customers got off of TV and went to the internet, you and I both went to the internet. We're like, okay, that's where they are. We're going to find you. You could run, but you can't hide from us because we're going to find a platform that services you wherever you go. And if the internet goes away and people are flying around on the moon, we're going to go to the moon and open up something. So I feel so much more at an advantage now at 58. And I'm noticing at these angel groups where these 62, 63, 51-year-old entrepreneurs are pitching ideas. And I love it because... If you can always reinvent yourself and I'm not so much reinventing myself, I'm fine tuning myself and there's a difference. I'm getting better at, at, at how to do it and, and what to do. And I'm getting smarter at what projects to get behind versus past. You know, I have a friend that never met a product he didn't like. This guy has done 5,000 infomercials. I think two have worked. So, so you have to be careful. You can't like everything. But I think when we get older, we get smarter. And I have a system that I teach in the in the, in the the book and on my e-course that basically tells you how to eliminate most of what comes your way. Because most of what comes your way is just noise. And I would have known that at 25. Boy, I would have had eight dates. I would have stood up there. And God knows what I would have done with their money, you know, the investors. But now... Um, I know what to do with it. And I, I know, and, and I know what to say and, and, you know, and who, and who to talk to. So I've cut a lot of the, the, the wasted time out by being older and being more experienced.
0: I, I think most importantly, you know, whom to hire, right. Who may be smarter than you are, who may be you know better than you are, who may be more creative in, 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 in developing those interfaces and, testing. You
1: figure figure out what you don't know, right, Alex, when you get older?
0: Exactly. And so I think we're going to come back to this intergenerational conversation. My co-host, Pauline Sushko, she's going to be part of it. And we're actually going to be interviewing a bunch of folks uh, to talk about that particular topic, because I think, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, innovation is ageless. You know, there is really not an age that you have to worry about I think what you do have to worry about is that is what you what just talked about, which is experience and applying that experience faster better so that you can get your performance out you know faster and better and maybe learn from the mistakes of others or, or you know sort of reach into your um, you know database of failures and experiences and not to repeat them you know ever again.
1: Yeah, I mean I've had I've had more failures than successes because I'm in product development. But people don't see your failures. They only see your successes. So they so they think everything you did worked. <laughs> but you and I both know not everything we do works, but that's what makes us smarter, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, Michael, it's been a pleasure. It's been an incredible conversation. I, I think we should continue this conversation. Uh we want to follow up and um See how successful you are with eight dates. Uh, check in with you in, in three months, six months. Uh, keep an eye on what's going on with uh, COVID and uh, affiliate partners and so forth. I think it's a, it's an amazing story. We wish you a lot of success. And uh, I want to thank you once again for being a, uh, for being a guest and uh, welcome you to their next session. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Alex, for having me. I really, it's great talking to you.